0: Welcome to the Yins and Y'all podcast, the podcast where we discuss sports, entertainment, life, and good old-fashioned manly stuff. I'm your host, Alex, and with me are my brothers, Sean and Lance, and of course, cousin Matt is with us. Guys, the Steelers moved to 8-0 on the season, defeating the Dallas Cowboys 24-19 on Sunday afternoon. And let's get into the sanctuary and discuss the game. Well, we've had two games back-to-back, heart attack games, coming down, of course, to the last play of the game. Kind of expect that in a Steelers versus Ravens game, but you really didn't expect that in a game against the 2-6 Cowboys. I think the Steelers came in something like a two-touchdown favorite. Uh, the game was such be such a blowout that the announcers were even making jokes about it before the game. And it's at that point that I realized that the Steelers were in trouble. Anytime this team is favored to to just blow a team out of the water, you can almost guarantee that you're going to be just in agony till the very last second of the game. And that way we were, guys. What were your thoughts on the game?
1: Well, I mean, I was just going to say, NFL is a pass-fail league. No matter how you win, no matter how you lose, it's not like the old college BCS where if you were undefeated but you didn't blow out all the people you played, you aren't going to make it to the title game. Um, At the end of the day, there ain't no. And if, you know, I told you at the beginning of the season that halfway through the year they're going to be undefeated, no matter how ugly a win was going to be during that stretch, you would take that every day. So yeah, definitely not their best game. And I, I think we've acknowledged that, you know, Hey, they've, they've had, they've like, like Tom said, after they beat the Ravens, you know, we can't let the emotion of the moment overshadow the fact that we played poorly. And, and I think on Twitter, Joe Hayden said it's better to learn lessons in a win than in a loss. So they're able to do the right things when it matters most and, and win the game, but they can't, you know, they need to put it together and, and make sure they play a complete game You know, there's going to be some some impacts this week, obviously, with some code considerations. But I think that you have to be happy that they're 8-0, and they have an opportunity to get better this week.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, a win's a win. Go ahead, Matt.
2: Yeah, I mean, when we're watching this game, you know, it's kind of like I'm watching this, and basically, like, for the past two games, I'm just waiting for them to flip into empty and Ben take over. And then it happens in Baltimore, you know, and then again, it happens in this game, but how, I mean, how long is that really going to last as a bailout situation? You know, they completely abandon the game plan in that situation. Like when we do that, um, James Conner like 22 rushing yards, um, you know, I'm just worried about long-term success with, with uh, the approach like that.
1: Yeah. Ben's drawn plays in the dirt out there. I mean, he's, he's even said that, I mean, that's not a good look for the offense. And 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 Uncle Randy runs the ball. The second down runs, you know, on on second and ten, they're not helping us. It's very predictable.
0: Well, I've got concerns in that it's two weeks running where they're just making stuff up on the fly, and that that is kind of scary to me. Ben's you know whispering plays into the wide receivers' ears. Uh, They can't run the ball, and and I don't know if the, the way they're designing these this play calling at the beginning of the game is to try to save Ben's arm. Um, but he ends up throwing the ball 42 times on Sunday. So whatever they're trying clearly isn't working. His offense has been putrid, honestly. Um, so they've got to make some changes here and they've, they've got to get it. You know, we say that as an eight, no team, they've got to make some changes, but, um, Let's talk about the covid list. It, it's come out this week. The Steelers have got oh. some co- covid issues. Big Ben is uh has been listed as well as some other big stars. What do you guys think about this announcement this week? Cool.
3: Well, uh, I just had to was hoping I could make
0: my point on the game. No, go on, ahead, uh, jump in real quick.
3: Yeah, cuz I was going to say I'm not sure if I'm angry Or if it's just, you know, you're 8-0 and and it is what it is. But they came out of that game and they were bad in all four phases: offense, defense, special teams, and coaching. And they still got a win on the road in Dallas. And I know Dallas was down to their 13th quarterback of the season and just a very poor team. But like Lance said, it's a pass-fail league and it's not easy to get wins in the NFL. I thought the coaching, uh, Really, to me, I, I feel like they just didn't have the team ready to play. And then if you, you remember the touchdown pass to C.D. Lamb on T.J. Watt, you know, the Dallas team, they were out there with a three-wide receiver set and the Steelers were in base 3-4, which when you're in a base 3-4 against a three-wide receiver set, to prevent man on man, you got to get into a zone-type situation. And, and that just was not the right personnel group on the field for, for that in the game. So really, nobody had their head in this game and they still were able to escape Dallas with a win. Which kind of leads me into the COVID list. Uh wasn't a big fan of the fact that you have a guy that was sick Friday, somehow shows no symptoms Saturday and you put him on your plane. That just seems to me to be not the route that you want to take right now. I think you want to err on the side of caution. If a guy's got some symptoms, uh, whether he tests positive or negative, it's probably best as a team, you know, that you don't throw that guy inside of an airplane with the rest of your uh,
0: organization. So, not especially real big on v- that. Especially when he's Vance McDonald and not what? Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, you
3: know? and I understand that argument. You know, what if it's Ben? You know, what do you say then? But I'm not overly concerned. There ain't no. They're playing the Bengals. You know. Two weeks from now, it's the Ravens. I still believe that that game's the most important of the next two. They're not going to go 16-0. and I'm not going to sweat, get all nervous over an 8-0 team and what their roster might look like Sunday.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I would just say that it's really more, you know, the, the Vance McDonald situation. You want him to be healthy and you, and you wish him the best, of course. But the thing that's disappointing about the decision to put him on the plane with the team is that. On Friday, he missed practice with what was described as an illness, and he and he continues to test negative, and he's allowed to travel, and and we understand that that. But then last week, when they played the Ravens, the same thing happened with Marlon Humphrey, the cornerback for the Ravens. He was out of practice for two days with an illness. He tested negative, and then after the game, test positive. And that's there's a latency period with the virus that can allow guys to end up testing positive a couple days after. And you know, I just think there needs to be some pragmatic decision making with that. Um, You know, hopefully everybody ends up being okay. But, you know, that that was just kind of that was a dumb decision.
2: Yeah, I I think that (laughs) Ben being on the COVID list freaks me out right now, but it's, you know, we're recording this on uh, Tuesday. So I'm not freaking out totally yet. But after watching Mason Rudolph lollipop his first pass out um, to the sideline there, I will be nervous if Ben's on the COVID list come Saturday. Because <laughs> Mason, uh, Mason didn't show me anything.
3: I mean, so, honestly, though, I'd rather Ben get COVID now than have it happen in the playoffs. I know that's a terrible thing to say, but, you know, it's the Bengals. They, they, like, who they cares? Gotta bubble if, up. They got a bubble game up in is, the playoffs. This, yeah, they might, and that's fine. But, like, this game, to me, like, it doesn't matter, win or lose. The, it, it matters against Baltimore.
2: If you lose to the Bengals, because...
3: You have to start Mason Rudolph, and then you beat Baltimore. It doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like the point you brought up about us in these, you know, these trap games as we've seen over the Tomlin era. I mean, I, 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 don't know. It probably has happened the entire time, but I've seen them a lot over the Tomlin. How many crap teams have we lost to? Like Raider games in years where our teams have been amazing or gone on to the Super Bowl, and we've lost those kind of games. But we're winning but those kind the... of games, right? N-
3: yeah, well, we don't lose to our in in uh, division rival Bengals and Browns, even though they've been crap trap games right. for many years. They've always beaten those ones.
2: Yeah, it says and it like you know like those trips across across the country. It, yes yep Cross exactly country. yeah you could see in the defense. I said it. I was texting you know everybody during the game. Like the defense looked asleep. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they tired. Like, uh, I mean, I know they were on the field a lot, too, which, again, this is a game that I my, my key points were like time of possession. I want to see that. I want to see running the ball. Uh, didn't see either of them. So I was, you know, it's just one of those things, I think. Yeah, I mean, in in
0: a when you play 16 games, you're bound to have a, a, a poor game or two. And if that means they had a poor game against the Dallas Cowboys, who are two and six and they came away with a win, hey, I'll I'll take that any day of the week. As long as they perform when it's important, you know, I've seen a lot of fans on, on Facebook and stuff talking about how tired this team is for three straight road games. I mean, they they realize that they don't you know stay on the road for three solid weeks, right? Like they fly <laughs> on airplanes to. They didn't drive private. on a bus to Dallas. They fly to and from. They they're at home all week. Like they're practicing in their normal settings. So, you know, fans, they're, they're not living in a hotel for three solid weeks here, guys. They're going back home. They fly to wherever. So, you know, using tiredness, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I don't really buy that as an excuse in the NFL because the fact of the matter is your buy comes when your buy comes. Uh, yeah, we should have had it around now. We don't. So, But, you know, people get buys in week five of the, of the regular season anyway. So you just have to deal with it and move on. Uh, Hopefully, we'll see what happens later in this week with COVID stuff. Hopefully, Ben's able to play. But you know what? If his knees are banged up, maybe being on a COVID list, like Sean says, isn't necessarily a bad thing. He misses a game against the Bengals and the Jaguars. Well, I'd rather he miss a game because his knee hurts than because he has COVID. Well, I mean, it's not like you and me having COVID where we probably don't. These guys got the the best facilities, the best doctors to tend to him. They're going to be pumping him full of fluids and, all, you know, everything. So, yeah, we'd rather him not have it, period. But if he's going to have it, these might be the two weeks to have it. We got no confidence in Mason Rudolph, but what else are you going to do? You're going to trot him out there, and they're going to give it a whirl. And let's not forget, even though the season was pretty bad last year, he did win. Uh, uh, you know, he did win some games, so he, he's not completely inexperienced. It's not like you're marching out a first-year rookie who has no idea what's going on, so we'll see what happens. It's all we can do is wait and see, and uh, we'll, we'll see how they do against the Bengals this week. It is Masters week, and that's kind of an odd thing to say in November, but due to COVID, of course, um, the Masters got pushed back, and every week during Masters week, um, the form, former Masters champions get to select their menu for what they're going to have at the Masters dinner. And so we thought it would be kind of interesting for each one of us to give us our take on the Masters menu. If we were the Masters champ, what would we select for our fellow golfers? So, Lance, why don't we go ahead and start with you? You're, you're a big food guy. Give us what your Masters menu would be.
1: Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, You know, first, I'd probably have Sean cook it because that guy's been just whipping up a storm on his back porch. I mean, uh, that that, this man is having Thanksgiving and Easter at least twice a week over there. So big shout out to Sean's RecTech. Um, But for my master's dinner, I mean, you got an appetizer, entree, and dessert. Uh, For the appetizer, I'm going with, with a seafood buffet, appetizer style. We want some nice fresh scallops. Uh, you know, done 30 seconds on high heat with some butter and garlic. Just very simple scallops don't have to be overdone with a lot of salt. They're just very simple, and some shrimp, of course, with some bang bang sauce. Uh, for my main entree, I'm a big time steak guy. I love steaks, so everybody's eating ribeyes with a with a baked potato and uh, Brussels sprouts. And for for dessert, we're going give me the hot dog shop chocolate milkshake and coffee to follow.
0: Alright, so Lance is uh, cooling you down and then heating you up at the end there. Sean, what do you, what you got on your Master's menu?
3: Well, geez, I have to follow that. Uh, you know, I, I was going for more of a, a flavor of, of bringing food in from, from restaurants that I enjoy, and if I were a Master's champion being a Pittsburgher, you gotta have Primanti's sandwiches. That's a must-have. And then I'd also give a call to mr walt disney mickey mouse there's a place in epcot in the italy pavilion called via napoli and they have i'm a pizza guy that's the best pizza i've ever had so i'd have to bring that pizza in and then local oakmont bakery here uh they have this king cake that they serve uh it's just incredible that would be my list
0: all right, so Sean is bringing in the food from local and in, in distant restaurants that are his favorite. Matt, what would you do with your master's menu?
2: So I was thinking about this a little bit today. And, you know, master's usually starts off my summer. So I'm getting ready to smoke, you know, some, something for master's weekend. I'm doing that this weekend. It just happens to be fall. So what I would do, the competitor that I am, is <laughs> I would have everybody eating pulled pork and I'm eating a Cobb salad. Because I want them all to have the itis during the Masters, just like how <laughs> Chappelle's on, um, Chappelle's just released on Netflix and HBO Max, all their shows. I just watched that episode where it, you know, he has the ribs at the end, where he's like, "This is how I go to bed. I get the itis." <laughs> so I'm using that uh, to my advantage there, and getting everybody some nice mm-hmm. barbecue, something that'll sink down in their stomach, make those walks to the driving range a little longer. But I'm I'm getting that cob salad, baby.
0: <laughs> could be why uh, Tiger Woods is serving the Mexican. Uh, there you could, go. You know, be laced with salmonella or something. These guys <laughs> will all have diarrhea come this weekend, and Tiger will just stroll to the finish. Um, for my Masters menu, I, I, I I'm going with cup of chili as the appetizer. Um, I can't eat salad because I I get kidney stones. So pretty much green leafy vegetables are out for me. So I'm going with a cup of chili with cheese onion sour cream all mixed in there for the main course we got filet mignon garlic mashed potatoes green beans in a roll and i'm following it up with a dessert death by chocolate some cheesecake and chocolate milkshakes like lance mentioned that sound pretty good to me as well Um, so you know for those of you who are listening out there give us your master's menu tweet at us send us on facebook instagram Uh, what would you have if you were the master's champ and you were serving up your meal, anything you want, you can, you can cater it like Sean has done or you can have it prepared like others of us are are selecting, but tell us what you would want on your master's menu and send it to us. And we'll, we'll share those uh, on our, on our social media pages. All right. So we're going to come out of the sanctuary now and we're going to go into the jumbotron last week. We got into a, a heated discussion regarding the acting abilities of one Nicolas Cage. And so this week, we decided to give you our top five Nick Cage movies. And yeah, he's made more than five, surprisingly. (laughs) And not all of them are created equally. And I have to be honest, this is a really difficult list for me. I know I say that on every one of these top fives, but normally... There's so many good movies to choose from. Well, normally (laughs) it's because there's so many good movies to choose from. This one was just more difficult because I haven't seen a lot of his movies... Really? Um, and so basically my top five are the five that I've seen more than once. So, um, but Sean, since you are the biggest Nick cage fan of all of us, you told it us sucks. how much you love this guy. He was it's the greatest bum. actor ever. Once you start off the list, give us your number five, Nick cage movie.
3: Yeah. My number five is a well-known movie fast times at Ridgemont high. Uh, cage is in this so briefly. <laughs> and if you got up to grab, this some is popcorn, so disrespectful to the you would man. You miss him, and for that reason, that's why this makes my top five. And you know, looking into this a little bit, he actually snuck his way onto this by lying to the casting agents and telling him that he w- telling them that he was eighteen years old when he was really seventeen. So, this man is not only a horrible actor, but he's just a terrible person.
0: <laughs> oh my God! He's he's a liar. He's a liar to boot. Um, because we know that, and that's all why pe- he all his people. Name. Well, we know all people in Hollywood are are completely honest and above board on all situations. So they would never Absolutely. do they would never do anything wrong. It's so never been done. Before. Nick Cage is already Don't you on see the blacklist.
2: I love it. I I'm, I'm there even better. Yeah, man. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't get this at all. Your hate is, is unwarranted in this, in this negotiation about it him is misdirected, to, misdirected. Thank you. About him getting onto this, this set. It's awesome that he did that. That's do- like a TR move. <laughs> <like my elbow.
0: laughs> Sometimes you gotta do you gotta do. Yeah. Gotta yes, do gotta but do. really
3: my love for, for this movie for him is just the fact that he's barely in it and he can't really <laughs> screw it up. So, fast times of Ridgemont High, number five.
0: All right. Matt, give us your number five.
2: Uh my number five is Leaving Las Vegas. Uh this movie is dark. I just watched it again today. And uh if you guys I don't know if anyone's ever seen Requiem for a Dream, but that's like one of those movies that like it hits you hard and pretty much great movie, but I never want to watch it again. Uh leaving Las Vegas, this is the second time I watched it today. I probably won't ever watch it again. It's so dark (laughs) and so depressing.
1: But what, what award did Nick Cage win in that movie there, yeah, Matt? The
2: best actor, my friend. That's uh, right. <laughs> from the academy.
0: So he's got an oh, academy. They've award never gotten for it this wrong before. <laughs> <laughs> what
3: would they say movie of the year was Black Swan? Like seven people saw it.
0: Black hey, Swan. Like like we've already established, people in Hollywood don't make mistakes. They're they are perfect, completely above board, honest. They're the kind of people that you want as role models in your life. So If we're here to disparage the Hollywood actors, you can just get off the podcast right now, okay? So, Lance, give us your number five. Oh, my number five.
1: It's not nearly as serious as Leaving Las Vegas. It's a little-known movie called Face Off. Face Uh, Off. Nick Cage and John Travolta. Uh, Some of you may be aware that Nicolas Cage is a very serious method actor. Well, (laughs) in this movie... He and John Travolta switched bodies, and Nick Cage actually had the surgery. I heard some guy on the internet told me, so he actually got his, you know, John Travolta's face put on his body. Love this movie. In actuality, though, so Nick Cage and John Travolta actually spent two full weeks together, like spending hours, like all day, every day with each other, prepping for this movie. Because in the
0: movie, you know, that the actually switched... sounds better than the movie.
1: And so yeah, they they've become, they become good friends. Oh, shut up. And, uh, and this is another one nominated <laughs> for an Academy Award, Sean, uh, for sound effects editing. So slow your roll. <laughs> oh, geez, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, that's a good That this is a coveted is award in Hollywood. I mean, this movie is really good. I mean, the, like the, they're, they're both roles, they really make this movie. I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Sean,
0: I think you would enjoy it. You just got to sit back and watch it. Yeah, that's my number five as well because when you have two such fine actors as John Travolta and
2: Brilliant. Nicolas
0: Cage, um, and they not only do are they incredible actors, but they switch faces. I mean, literally commitment. switch faces. That is that is ultimate commitment to your trade, my friend. So that's why it comes in Sam at number I'm five, five for me. A
2: shark. You know, yeah, I like, really, can't really. believe it. that's dedication to the role. Yeah, right I there. mean,
0: Chubbs <laughs> Peterson, when you give your hand to a role, I mean, these guys are giving their faces to a role. Um, I don't know why they both didn't take home, you know, a best actor Oscar award with each other's face on the Oscar, man. That would have really been the they ultimate award Razzie for this one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Come so on, I'm going to give you my number four of this. Sean mentioned this last week. This is his favorite Nick Cage movie of all time. And that's Con Air. I mean, you got yeah. Nicolas Cage. You got Bubba Gump. You got John Malcolm. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle's making an appearance in this. But that Nicolas Cage southern accent in this movie is so spot on. I mean, when I, I live in, in southern Mississippi. When I go outside, if I close my eyes and, and somebody talks, I think Nicolas Cage is just whispering in my ear it is the most spot-on southern accent i've ever heard the long hair the mullet i mean this guy he clearly has spent a lot of time in the south there's no doubt about it um, because he nails the role and it, it is a fine piece of cinematography i mean what more could you want a bunch of convicts on an airplane john Sack on the ground trying to as a, as a police officer trying to trying to you know, make sure that Nick Cage gets gets everything under control. Con Air for me is my number four. Lance, I know you got it as four as well. Tell us why you love Con Air.
1: No, I love Con Air because Sean hates it so much.
0: It's brilliant <laughs> film. Uh, brilliant,
1: amazing. brilliant. I mean, uh, you know, we got this guy, uh, Nick Cage. He's separated from his family. He's done his time. He's trying to go home.
0: He's Trying to see his wife and his daughter. Just yeah, no, a- that was. And, and say, the, government the reason is that he's in jail, the reason that he's in jail is a little bogus in the first place. I Man mean, flogged. some some dudes, some dudes trying to, to to attack and rape his wife, and he in in her defense kills him because he's an army ranger. I really uh, didn't have a lot of problem uh, with that, to be honest with you.
1: Nick Cage killed. had, him with had, had a bad attorney. Through. He had a bad attorney. Um, he could have done better. So I mean, you know, unfortunately, in the years since he left Conair, since he got out of prison, he's become a really successful real estate investor as, as the according to his wikipedia page <laughs> but look guys sean and alex are, are harping on the nick cage accent that's because he uses a very specific alabama dialect i nick gave some great props i, don't know I, what you're I talking about. felt sarcasm but nick, well, nick lived I, down I in I alabama he went down and lived in alabama for a couple of weeks he's a staunch method actor so I heard that every day he would ride an old ride lawnmower and drink Bud Heavies and, and go commiserate down at the corner store. That is how he perfected his access. He's a, he's a stunt method buster. actor. Apparently it only on, takes him
0: two weeks to get it down, though, because that's all it took for John Travolta. So if Con you Air. want to
2: watch this,
0: it's on Amazon
1: uh, Prime right now. I'm dialing it up as soon as the pod's over.
0: I may watch it tonight as well. Lance,
2: you did more research for the Nick Cage shop <laughs> than you've done for any of them.
0: That's true. Well, I'm very passionate about
1: uh, about how much Sean hates Nick Cage.
2: <laughs> Matt, give us. Your I mean, you're acting like
3: this dude's Daniel Day Lewis with all the method. <laughs> oh, Daniel Day Lewis oh, he was Nick Cage. Why don't you He's... relax over there? Oh, come on, Daniel, Daniel Day Lewis, the, the best, movie best actor every... of our generation. Oh,
1: because just because he whittled a boat or something on the last of Mohicans, <laughs> we're supposed to give this. Have our you stuff. seen
0: Lincoln?
3: Yeah, He's was it was amazing in that
0: movie. Terrible, terrible. Oh, gosh, continue, Matt. Matt, give us your four. <laughs> my number four
2: is uh lord of war uh this is i don't know sean i i think that you might have mentioned this in the text earlier, this is undeniably a good movie
3: it is a good movie
2: yeah um you know because cast... nick
0: cage is in it <laughs> yes
2: <laughs> i mean young jared leto playing his his younger brother that's great uh ethan Hawke on the other side of this one i mean good cast uh good concept about arms dealing uh just a great great movie
0: Lord of War. Um, yeah, it didn't make my list because I've only seen it once and it's been a long time ago. Basically, I had to go with movies I've seen and remember. But I do remember it being pretty decent, so I may have to watch this one again at some point. Sean, give us your number four.
3: All right, in the four hole, I got Ghost Rider. Uh, look, this movie is absolute garbage. I mean, it's... Look, I'm serious when I tell you it's one of the worst
0: it's a giant blockbuster. How dare you?
3: It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but it makes <laughs> it's my a list.
0: superhero movie, dude. It makes my it.
3: list because Eva Mendez is an absolute smoke show. And she's in this movie. And because of that, and I couldn't find more than three actual Nicolas Cage movies that I enjoy this slot's in at number four <laughs> don't worry folks my I, I top three you... are actual movies that i do enjoy so I i'm going to send you a bunch that...
0: of these movies for christmas i figured that you were gonna say I, that I this was your should. number four because nicholas cage's uh head catches on fire and turns into a skull <laughs> so you don't actually have to see him for most of the movie
3: <laughs> yeah Dude, I, that's <laughs> that's terrible that's one of the worst movies i've ever seen hey ghost Rider's come on a
0: superhero so stop knocking Sean's got number four, Ghost Rider. All right, Sean, why don't you give us a movie of Nick Cage's that you actually do enjoy? Give us your number three.
3: Okay, so this movie, I've seen this, heck, five, six, seven times. Because it's a National Treasure. Yes, absolutely. No, National Treasure came out 2004. Uh, It has a cast that can carry Nicolas Cage through this. John oh Boyd, Sean oh, Bean. Man. Sean Bean actually was in something and Sean Bean die. plays the same Diane character Cooper in every movie. He's the bad Justin guy Bartha. with an accent. I feel like I've been talked over the entire time <laughs> I've been trying <laughs> to make fun of it. Hey, oh, like I'm like Lance in last podcast here. But look, he plays a guy, Ben Gates. He's, a, he's in a long line of family treasure hunters and they're chasing after the legendary Templar treasure. It's an exciting movie. It's like watching a real-life treasure hunt, something we all enjoyed as kids thinking we'd go out and find treasure. It it, it has really cool clues. Nick Cage and and his crew, they figure it out. They steal the Declaration of Independence, so there's some heists in it. It it is. It's a good movie from start to finish. Uh, Nicolas Cage is good in it. You know, It's a good role for him
0: there you go sean's got national treasure coming in number three uh matt give us your number three we heard about this last week
2: yeah so uh sean feel free to chime in that this is my number three so i know that there was some discussion about this but the rock is my number three we talked about it a ton last week um if you want some cool facts about sean connery we provided those about this movie i'll leave them out of this podcast but The Rock.
3: I'll bring him in in a minute. (laughs) Rock number three. (laughs) The
0: Rock. Welcome to the
3: Rock. So, let me do a little spoiler on old Lanny's uh, list. He does not have The Rock in his top five. However, The Rock was his number one Sean Connery movie. (laughs) So he's telling me that
0: there are five better Sean Connery movies.
3: Would make that's not Nick, true. Nick Cain, that's what you're telling me. You're
1: listening I tells explained
3: it. to you. I
0: explained no, to you why. I you left admitted it off because
1: it's because talked about already. That's not because we talked about it a lot last week. So <laughs> I was I left it off so I could cover five other movies that, well, are, let's, that, let's that, just, that are that are that our dozens of listeners would like to hear about. Let's just right, take let's, it
3: straight to the to the heart of the question. Who do you think's a better actor? Sean Connery <laughs> or Nicolas Cage?
1: Well and you know, that's not a debate. I mean Sean Connery is the better actor. Okay, thank you.
0: Move on. All right, Lance, give us your number 3. Oh,
1: my number 3 is a film called Knowing. It was a science fiction thriller it came out in 2009. This may be Nick Cage's last successful movie. Uh in the, in the last 11 years he's just made like 12 movies a year cuz he's got a large tax bill to pay. Um so you know, he, he's been in an easy, you know, there's been some well documented financial troubles. I feel like I think Nick Cage bought like a, a, a stolen Jurassic head or something that belonged to some government and had to give it back. It cost him $2 million. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a true story. Uh, no, that was Johnny Depp, but either way, same guy. <laughs> uh, anyways, knowing Nick name Cage name,
0: played Johnny Depp in that movie about he did. that, that's probably it's, it it's,
1: it's a guilty pleasure type movie. It's, it's a, I mean, Sean's a big time space guy. So if he hasn't seen this, he might want to check it out because it is a good movie in terms of is it in space? It's about the end of the world. It's a science fiction movie. Uh, you know, go out there and check it
3: out. Is this similar to like 2012 with John Cusack? It's oh a lot better. Like, you ever see the
2: number it's 23? Much
0: Jim Carrey. Like, uh, Jim yeah, Carrey.
2: Yeah, Jim Carrey. Yeah. It's, uh-uh. kind of, it's it's like a it's like a predicting the apocalypse kind of deal, kind of deal. All right.
3: Hey, all right. I'm all for checking out some of these movies that I've not seen. Maybe Nicolas Cage is some amazing actor, but if he cared so much about his craft, he wouldn't do garbage movies for the last 11 years because he doesn't have to balance his checkbook. Hey. Whoa. whoa, whoa. Well, we could say that about Wesley He blamed his, his business not, guy. So
0: let's not, let's not go there. Well, I'll give you my number three. It's The Rock. And the main reason here is because If you Nick, smell... Nicolas Cage carries Sean Connery throughout the entire film. <laughs> um, he is so much a better actor in this movie than Connery. Um, he clearly steals every scene from him. It's just that, like Lance said, he's got that golly G. willikers, ah shucks kind of mentality. And he takes manages to take out an entire platoon of Marines pretty much single-handedly while saving the day. And then he also gets an enormous syringe needle just jabbed into his heart. So what more could you ask for from an actor? I mean, the guy's willing to cut his face off for a movie, and he's willing to jab himself in the heart with an enormous needle. So, like Lance said, the method acting, given two weeks of his time to really learn the role, no matter what movie he's in, you can't beat it. The Rock, number three. I'll give you my number two, because it's already been mentioned here, and that's National Treasure. For all the reasons that Sean listed, and I'm also a, a fan of American history, and I believe in teaching the true American history. And so what better way to do that than through Disney movies, um, teaching your children about our founding fathers and, the, and the, just the real uh, American heroes like Nick Cage is in this movie, as Benjamin Gates, um, guys who, who stand up for what's right. for the de- they, you know, They're willing to steal the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> They're willing to do the right thing, even if it's the wrong thing. The um, only way to save and, the declaration you know, is right. to steal the declaration. Yeah, I mean, you've got to do the what the you the hardcore do.
3: sarcasm tonight. You
0: know, this is one of the finest movies uh, about American history. It tells us about the treasure that's out there, how our <laughs> founding fathers built the signs in. You know, it's on the $1 bill. It's in the Liberty Bell. I mean, you can't, you can't beat it. National Look, treasure I, I sens- number two. I,
3: I sense your sarcasm. But that's pretty cool how they set up the clues as if these were actually set up they by himself. Fl-
0: so cool. it's, it's a document. it's a documentary. documentary on life. <laughs> I don't I'm not holding up a sarcasm sign here Sean. I don't know why you're picking it up. I'm not putting it down. National Treasure number 2. Lance it's your number 2. Give it to us. Yeah, I mean National Treasure
1: it's my number 2 as well. I, I love this movie. It came out when I was in 7th or 8th grade, I believe. I remember yeah, you know, there was sold out. We had to go. End up seeing the late show, and so I got to stay out late. So you know, props to Nick Cage for getting me home after midnight. Um, love this movie. You know, you love a good documentary about American history. Um, Nicholas Cage actually changed his name to Benjamin Franklin Gates to film the documentary. So he's <laughs> very committed to his craft. Uh, I like for this two movie. weeks. It's a great movie. Uh, I like, like National Treasure: Book of Secrets, which is the second one. And, of course, in the second one, they tease a third one, which unfortunately has never come to fruition. So
0: It's coming. Um, so it's since coming.
1: Sean has spent so much time down there with that, with that mouse in Orlando. Maybe he could pull a few strings because
0: I would like to see how the story ends. I, I, I've heard it's, it's, it's in production, so it's coming. They've been saying point. that for forever. Matt, give us your number two.
2: My number 2 is a Cohen Brothers movie that Nick Cage was in in the late 80s called Raising Arizona. This movie, I, not a ton of people have seen it unless you're a big Cohen Brothers guy, it's, you know, it's it's a weird movie. Uh Nick Cage kind of deals a a child basically from a um a mogul. Uh I think he's in the furniture business and uh he because his his wife, you know, can't have children. Um and they want to raise a child. Uh turns into a whole thing where, you know, the devil is essentially on a motorcycle hunting Nick Cage down to get this child back. Uh, it's intense. It, I mean, it's it's just a funny, like goofy Coen Brothers movie um, that has some good heart behind it.
3: Does he play the Ghost
2: Rider who's trying to hunt him? <laughs> you know, that's it's funny that he later does that. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He's he's the guy that the Ghost Runner is Ghost Rider is hunting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's good.
0: So I wonder, you know, how long he took to to get into this one? Probably two weeks. Yeah, Lance. Yeah. Maybe it, you can it, hit
2: us back with some information on that. Yeah. I don't know. He kind of plays like a trailer park bum, and I feel like in the '80s he might have been a trailer park bum. So I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like <laughs> Nicholas Cage yeah, he probably just moved to Arizona.
0: For guys, two weeks. All the
2: shade, guys, all the shade. Nicholas. I hope Cage he's not
1: listening. Hails. Nick Cage hails from the the Coppola family. His uncle directed Godfather That's One too. So. You know, because Nick Cage wanted to make it on his own, he changed his name, his name, so he could not be you know given roles because of who his family is, but because of who he is as an actor, He became one of the biggest blockbuster stars of all time. And he didn't have to wear some stupid Avengers uniform to do it, like every other guy that's done it the last fifteen years. He did it based on his
3: ability to draw yeah. you into the film. I mean, Robert Downey Jr., would, he would act him off the screen, dude.
1: And what? He wears a anything flies with a little red thing. Cool, man.
0: <laughs> Sean really excited you
1: to visit that next
0: attraction at Disney, man. Sean, give us your number two.
3: Uh, Lord of War 2005. <laughs> uh, Matt kind of hits you guys with the incredible cast. Uh, basically, he's an arms dealer at the end of the Cold War, supplying illegal weapons in disturbed areas of the planet. By doing so, he becomes a millionaire. Ethan Hawke's the Interpol agent that's chasing him throughout the movie. Uh, just looking into this, the filmmakers actually worked with real gunrunners in the making of this movie. They uh, had tanks that they lined up for, for one actual uh, set in this movie that belonged to a Czech arms dealer. And they had to have them back the sell to another country. This is all real, and they also used a real stockpile of over three thousand a k forty sevens because it was cheaper than getting uh prop guns and when they When they shot that scene with the tanks, they actually had to inform NATO so that they didn't think that there was some type of war that was being hashed
0: out i mean that that was kind of pretty cool well, stuff the 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 they actually did that. Have you not been paying attention to this podcast? I mean, Nick Cage is a method, method actor. actor, man. <laughs> he spent two weeks as an arms dealer
3: Is that why he learning would, this trade actually, here. Is that why he didn't like to have a gun in the rock? Because method acting, he would actually have to shoot somebody? Probably. Probably. Makes I sense. I mean, he
0: gave his face for a role. What else do you want from this guy? He's devoted, devoted to his craft. Why don't you give us your number one? All right, number one. If
3: you smell what The Rock is cooking, it's The Rock. And this stars Sean Connery, and he's an absolutely amazing man.
0: Amazing Who fir- Scott. Who had oh, first billing in this movie? Sean Connery. Are you sure? He should have first billing. I think he Nick Cage probably built. did.
3: Yeah, he got a cottage built. Dude. Yeah, but
0: I think Nick Cage is first billing in this movie.
3: Okay, well, anyways... Nicolas Cage is good in this movie alongside Sean Connery. I thought they, they worked well off of each other. Uh, Actually reading into this, apparently Nicolas Cage ad-libbed a lot of his lines for this movie, uh, changed up a lot of the lines that were written for him to uh, actually make his character, you know, more dorky and kind of fit, fit the role that they were looking for. So, I will give credit where credit's due. I always did enjoy this movie. This was probably the first Nicolas Cage movie I saw, so I've always liked it. It was some of his later works that kind of soured me, mainly Con Air and Ghost Rider and some of those trash garbage movies that he made. Uh, As far as The Rock, yeah, well, that's because Eva Mendes is that hot, that it still gets on my list. But uh, The Rock is a good movie. We talked about last week. It's on. Was it on everybody's list other than Lance for
0: some weird reason? It was not on my list. I
3: explained the reason.
1: It's on my list
0: this week, but not not for Connery. The Rock, number one. Yeah, and and you know, like you said, he ad libbed. Well, he spent two weeks um, (laughs) doing those Mad Libs workbooks that y'all did. You know, when you were kids in the car. That's how he prepared for this role (laughs) in The Rock. All right. Y'all leave Lance, Nick Cage alone. Matt, me, all of our movie number one is
1: Gone our number in
0: 60 one. Seconds. Gone in 60 Seconds. And this, by far, hands down, is the best Nicolas Cage movie. You can't even argue it. I'll let you guys go ahead and share why you think it's the best. Well, uh,
1: I'll just real quick, Mr. Method Man himself went to, uh, he did most of the driving for his stunts. He drove all the cars. He did uh
0: for two he weeks. We
1: went, went to two different driving schools to prepare for the movie. Um, and he, he continues to pursue it as a hobby even after the movie wrapped. I mean, this is a good cast here. I mean, they got, we're talking Angelina Jolie. This is her in her prime looking fantastic in this film. We also got Giovanni Rabisi. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong. You got Vinnie you got, Jones,
0: I former mean, soccer got, star
1: just a fantastic movie uh timothy oliphant a young timothy oliphant is in this movie uh you know love this movie nick cage number one who number stole one from who
3: Fat, was this before or after a fast and furious before this is before, this is before. yeah definitely before. so, so, so did they did they kind of steal their franchise off of this movie
2: no. Well, this is actually this a, is a standalone movie. <laughs> oh, and, and, and
1: J J. Abrams did a lot of the rewrites for him in production.
2: There you go. Yeah, Gone in sixty seconds. I, I'm I'm not like a crazy huge car guy, and I'm I'm especially not really a muscle car guy. But you got to tell me that. Prefer everyone, Prius. everyone. Yeah, I prefer the Prius. No, <laughs> uh, I'm definitely more of like a you know European uh, you know supercar kind of guy. But anyway, who didn't want Elantra at some point? During when they were you know watching this movie over and over again, uh, the turbo nitrous button. Who can forget about that? He blasts to Palm Springs, baby.
0: That's right. <laughs> Sunfire yellow. hit <laughs> no. yet, and I mean it's got a it's got a catchy song at the very beginning there. Um, oh yeah. You know that that opening scene is really exciting um it's on amazon
1: prime for those who want to watch
0: it yeah and this is just one of those movies that like if you saw it in theaters in similar vein of fast and furious if you saw it in theaters there's a good chance you're getting pulled over on the way home from watching (laughs) this movie because because you were flying out of that parking lot it didn't matter what kind of vehicle you had if it was a prius or not that bad boy was getting you know if you had the prius you're going zero to 60 in like 10.2 minutes you're just going get, to get fly home because it's, it's a fun movie. I mean, who, they steal, what, 50 cars in one night in this movie? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. an incredible feat. And, yeah. uh, and you know, so uh, I heard that Nick... The likes States, that haven't
3: been seen since last Friday
0: in Aliquippa. Yeah, and I mean... <laughs> That's what I heard. Actually, I heard uh, Nicholas Cage spent 2 weeks Buick. in Aliquippa took... preparing for this movie. But they so. stole
1: Buick Sabres now. <laughs> hey, that's yeah, a hot he, car.
0: They were stealing some of the some of the finest cars. Uh, it, you know. I mean, they stole cars out of the police impound in this movie. So I mean, come on. There's nobody place to get them. Nobody in Quips pulling that off. So let me, uh, let me recap our top fives. We'll, we'll start with Sean's because his were so great. Number five, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Four, Ghost Rider. Three, National Treasure. Two, Lord of War. And one, The Rock. Lance gives us five, Face Off. Four, Con Air. Three, Knowing. Two, National Treasure. And one, Gone in 60 Seconds. Matt gives us number five, Leaving Las Vegas. Four, Lord of War. Three, The Rock. Two, Raising Arizona. And number one, Gone in 60 Seconds. And I hit you at number five with Face Off, number four, Con Air, three, The Rock, two, National Treasure, and one, Gone in 60 Seconds. Well, as always on the Ends and Y'all podcast, we want to give you some must-see TV. So, Matt, why don't we start with you? Give us what your must-see TV is this week.
2: Yeah, my my show is a show called The The Undoing. It's on HBO right now. Uh, Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant are in it. Um, Three episodes out right now, so it's actively running. I actually just caught up with this this week. It's a good show. Uh, I don't really know what's going on, and I kind of like that I'm three episodes in, and I don't know what's going on. So if you like, you know, kind of like (laughs) a deceptive murder mystery kind of thing, uh, check it out.
0: All right. That's The Undoing. Lance, give us yours.
2: Yeah, mine is also
1: on HBO. It's Chernobyl uh, miniseries that came out, I think, last year. It's five episodes on the uh, Chernobyl nuclear meltdown that occurred in, in 1986 in the Ukraine and the former uh USSR and uh man it is an intense five episodes uh, I was texting with Matt over the weekend and you know this move the the show it you you watch two or three episodes in a row and you're like oh my gosh this is like it's it's affecting you your mood because uh of how intense it is and how just close the entire world came to and obviously it was a very significant and terrible disaster but they were the world was literally within days of it being a million times worse Um and there you just find out a lot about the incident that happened the gross safety negligence that led to this result and you know how much closer we all were to even after it blew up to it being way worse so just things you just never heard about I and mean, you obviously you know knew that hey the Chernobyl nuclear disaster you were aware of it but you don't know a lot of the things that happened in the background, just how lucky humanity has be- been within that incident. Incident.
0: Um, so I would really just encourage you guys to check it out. It's on HBO. Yeah, and you can actually go there now and take tours of this place. Um, there's a but documentary you series. No, the <laughs> well, there's a documentary series on um, Disney Plus, and I can't think of the name of it off the top of my Ooh, head. But Disney, it's, a fa- yeah. it's a father and son, and they go. It's about six episodes long, and they just take a trip together somewhere. And one of the episodes, they go here to Chernobyl. And it's a pretty interesting kind of look behind the scenes of it.
3: Have you ever seen? Have you ever watched River Monsters? There's I've an never. episode where he actually goes there and fishes at Chernobyl, which is kind of cool.
0: Hmm. And he gets the three-eyed fish like Bart Simpson does. Interesting. Catching Sean, the what, big black catfish. Sean, what's your uh, must see TV this week? So I
3: got a couple. First... Obviously, watch the Masters. It's the the best uh, golf event of the year. We always look forward to it in the springtime. Throwing us a curveball in November, but I'm sure it's still going to be beautiful setting, and what better place to see you get to watch Tiger Woods in a tournament that he always plays well in, which brings excitement. So the Masters that airs all week on uh, ESPN and CBS. Uh, and then also Matt actually... Touched on this is The Chappelle Show And that's recently been added to The Netflix library The Chappelle Show Hands down is the funniest Sketch comedy Show in the history of TV I mean I can't remember an episode That I didn't see that I didn't Laugh hysterically There's so many skits that I would love to talk To you guys about that I probably Shouldn't but just go on And watch it from the very first episode, the very first skit that he shows is amazing, and it just continues to be good the whole whole way through. So
0: Chappelle's show on Netflix. All right, so that's on Netflix now. Uh, you guys are probably going to kill me for my choice, but I was feeling a little nostalgic this week and thought, man, I haven't seen this show in a long time. I wonder if it's streaming. So I Googled it, found it was on Amazon Prime, at least the first five seasons. And that's Murder. She wrote. Um, used to watch this show on TV. It was, came on like with MacGyver, and uh, I don't know. Jessica Lansbury kind of reminds me of uh, not Jessica Angela Lansbury is her name. She plays a lady named Jessica in the in the show, but she kind of reminds me of my grandma Grandma Ruth. And so uh, I've been watching a few episodes of Murder She Wrote. We've had I've, we've had uh, coronavirus in our house. last couple of weeks and so we've had opportunity to watch a ton of tv to the point where i was like i couldn't take watching television anymore um but this is just some mindless fun if you just like a kind of a goofy murder um just want to turn it on and and not really have to think too much about it and that's murder she wrote first five seasons are available on Amazon Prime, one of the most successful television shows of all time, ran for 12 seasons, if you can believe that. And this is back when a TV show had like 22, 23 episodes in a season. So there's like 265 total episodes of this show. Um, and that's Murder, She Wrote. All right, so we're going to move out of the Jumbotron, and we're going to hop into the dad zone. And, you know, we've all had that battle with ourselves. We've, we've wrestled in our innermost conscience with it it's kept us up at night just tossing and turning. And that's the question of when is it appropriate to begin decorating for Christmas? Do we wait until after Thanksgiving or are we putting up the Christmas tree when our kids dump the Halloween candy on the floor as they just return from trick or treating? And so tonight we're going to put that very question to the guys and see what their take on it is. So guys when is the right time to begin decorating for Christmas? Uh, I,
1: I don't know if it's the right time, but my wife tells me it's November 1st. <laughs>
0: uh, as soon as the
1: Halloween candy, we, we turned the clock, and I woke up on Sunday, November 1st, and Christmas music was playing in my house. <laughs> um, that is not a joke. And, you know, my wife loves Christmas. She does a really good job at decorating and, and really good gift giver so she's just into it and um so of course you know having a new baby she wants you know to get the nice cute picture so the trees went up um we're not all the way plural yes we have have two full-size christmas trees downstairs we have got one in thomas's room a full-size christmas tree uh i mean honest i think we're gonna end up with four or five trees total in this place when we're done it's it's a bit much, but it, it always looks great, uh, come the holidays. I, I don't I like it. Um the one thing I'm not I don't ever really look forward to is the outside lights. I mean it looks nice when you roll up to the crib, but I'm not one for getting on the roof. And my wife seems to think that I'll every year I'm gonna get over my fear of heights and being on the roof. I don't and I always refuse to get up there. And so she ends up on the roof because I will not get on the roof. It's not gonna happen. Lance sends his
0: wife to. I don't send her. I just say
1: we don't need to put that up there because I like my neck where it is, and then she goes up the
0: ladder. So you're at? Are you at three full size Christmas trees, or two full size Christmas trees, and then like a small one?
1: Uh, So we got two full size Christmas trees, and then like two like six foot pencil trees. One that will go in our dining room. One that'll go in Thomas's room. uh, And then she wants to get like a small little one for the baby's room. Hmm. Okay, not to mention like six little ceramic trees on every end table in the house.
0: All right, so so Lance is, is up at November one putting up Christmas trees, decorating his house. Um, he's that guy in your neighborhood, folks. Let uh, me piggyback
3: on that. We
1: didn't put the lights on outside yet, though. Okay, yeah, we'll let me
0: outside.
3: piggyback because Lance and I were living similar lives and. Apparently, I'm your wife, because November 1st, <laughs> I'm the one bumping Christmas music. I love to sing. I sing Christmas carols year-round. They call me Shawnee Claus. I earn that nickname. I live that nickname. November 1st came. I put my Santa Claus hat on. We started putting trees up, Lance. We have two full-size trees. We have two seven-foot pencils. We got two four-footers. And we got one in Jackson's room, just a small little one on his uh, bedside table. So I'm at seven trees in my (laughs) house currently. And my plan is probably to go up on the roof this weekend because being in Pittsburgh, I got to take advantage of decent weather while I have it and figure if I'm going to go up there to clean out my gutters, it'd probably be the right time to hang my lights. Not sure that I'll turn them on necessarily yet but i'm gonna probably get them up there while i'm you know i'm not going up there when it's 35 degrees and sleep so uh (laughs) look there is no right time to put up christmas decorations there's no wrong time it's 2020 kobe died we've been living with covid 19 we had a presidential election in our face for four or five months our phones are ringing off the hook with all these goobers telling me to vote for them I'm sick of all the negativity on Twitter. I want some happiness in my life. And if listening to Brett Aldridge sing Christmas carols and looking at lights (laughs) shining in my house and Christmas trees all around and smelling the beautiful smells of the, the candles that are burning and baking cookies makes me happy. Then I'm going to mm. do it. And if that pe- bothers you. Peppermint shoe. buttercream suck it.
0: frosted cake. <laughs> Sean, yeah. Sean, I baked the say,
3: cake from scratch. Suck uh, it. I got to say, Sean, as much
1: as we disagreed on Nick Cage, I, I can't agree with you more on, on the Christmas take. I mean, it's been a crap year for the world. So
3: I, I'm very happy to. I'm sitting in front of a Christmas tree right now. It's kind of it's cheery in here. Yeah. So, and not so, to mention, Alex is coming up and he's bringing his family and obviously. Uh want the kids to come over and enjoy our Christmas tree. We have a nice big nine footer. Uh it's a real beautiful tree. So uh hopefully they'll enjoy it when they come over.
0: So Matt, you're you're a different phase in your life. <laughs> you just uh just recently married, about what, now two years? Um, yeah about a year and a half, yep. Okay. And no kids yet. So when do you start decorating for Christmas? Do you have a tree in every room of Christmas your house? Season. You know, <laughs> yeah, when I'm do you be begin? You know, Santa, Santa's, Santa's not rolling down the chimney. Uh, Matt's idea getting, of a Christmas you're not getting tree up at five a.m. to check this stuff out.
2: Stacking you know, icy lights that. up exactly. in a pyramid. <laughs> That's
3: Matt's
1: idea of a Christmas tree right now.
2: Yeah, I. Uh, there's not a it, okay. So <laughs> Do you have a Christmas tree? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. so we, we just bought our house. So we were living in an apartment in Lawrenceville. So, like, you know, we didn't have a ton of room for decorations. I never had to deal with outside lights. It was great. I don't know what's gonna happen this year. <laughs> uh cat cat loves Christmas. Uh I love Christmas too. I just you know, the whole D- Thanksgiving don't thing. Don't want to decorate Yeah, that that's part of it. I don't want to <laughs> take the take the crap down. Uh, that's, that's the worst part. Sean's talking oh, about demolition always
0: easier. Well, no,
2: wait a minute. You're talking about, you don't want to get on the roof when it's sleeting. When are you going to get on the roof and take it down <laughs> in April? <laughs> yes.
0: Yes, probably.
2: Yeah. We always get at
3: least one decent weekend. <laughs> I'll find time.
2: Yeah. So I'm definitely a post Thanksgiving. I will be, you know, we'll have all kinds of new stuff. We threw a bunch of the old stuff out. When we moved. We'll have a bunch of new stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. Writing that check. Uh, and then I'll be up uh, after the weekend after Thanksgiving putting stuff up, I'm sure. Um, you know, I, I when it comes to Christmas, I like the subtle flair, the stockings on the, on the on the fireplace, which we actually have one now. So I'm excited to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were just hanging them on wherever we could find last year, uh, you know, putting the tree up. We have, you know, one tree. Sorry to disappoint everybody. Um, I think we're going to get to two this year uh so
3: yeah, the slippery slope, man. Yeah, I get one. slippery, slippery, slope.
2: Yeah. uh so yeah, I I think that uh, you know I, I don't ha- no, don't knock anybody for putting them up early. I'm just I think I'm of the opinion that like, don't you guys think that you lose a little bit of Thanksgiving with this? Like, shouldn't you be hanging cornucopias all over the place or something?
3: I, no one else. I'll, I'll tell you what we pilgrim
2: statues.
0: I can still tell watch you what football we with the Christmas
3: tree lit up. We, for for
1: Thanksgiving, we didn't, we haven't, my wife, the way she's done it, she did not decorate the dining room. The dining room is going to be all Thanksgiving fall, and the rest of the house is going to be Christmas. And then after Thanksgiving, she's going to put in the Christmas stuff in there, because we have Christmas china. It weighs 200 pounds. (laughs) I throw my back out every year, pulling it out of the attic. (laughs) Um, You know, she'll hang Christmas bulbs off of, like, the light in our room. I mean, dude, it's out of this world. It looks like you stepped into... Uh, st nick's workshop when you come to this house
2: i think i'm just jaded from my mom is like that she i mean she's got her huge tree up she's already right. decorated yeah right i know Treezilla. zilla it's up and running i don't even know how tall do you guys think that thing is 50, that's a 12 you know, footer, 12 footer. <laughs> yeah. how like does she ridiculous. put that up
3: how does she put uh, that up do I don't know.
2: dad she got a ladder she it's probably, a ladder
0: dude she pays yeah. the neighbor to do it. Yeah,
2: right <laughs> mrs cook definitely comes down and helps decorate it um For sure. yeah so You know, uh, Christmas, I'm excited for Christmas, but it's not Christmas yet.
0: Yeah, we don't normally decorate until after Thanksgiving, but we're in a dilemma this year. Um, And and really, this falls on any year we come to Pennsylvania for Thanksgiving because, you know, I was looking at it and I said, well, you know, if we don't, if we wait till after Thanksgiving to do it, it's going to be already in December before we get to do it because we'll be traveling back probably the day after Thanksgiving or something. And then we won't have, by the time we get home, cause it's such a long drive that weekend shot. So we're already looking at like December 8th before you even get it up. And then you don't really have a whole lot of time to really enjoy the tree. And next weekend we'll be out of town in Memphis. So I was like, well, really this, this past weekend was the only chance we were going to have if we were going to get stuff Decorated and so we we started decorating, and we've got three full size trees now um, two seven and a half footers and a six and a half footer. So we don't have real super tall ceilings, so we don't have a you know, big massive one, but we still got three full size trees. Uh, my son has a, a train that he, a Christmas train that he got uh, last year, I think, for Christmas. So I decided to incorporate that one around the tree this year. Um, and so basically most of our inside is decorated. I refuse to put the outside stuff up. I don't like decorating outside. I don't like doing lights. Sean's putting them up for Halloween, 4th of July, Easter, uh, (laughs) Veterans Day. You know, he's got them up at all for every, you know, every federal and state government holiday. He's got Martin Luther King lights up. I'm just not, I don't like doing all that stuff. Last year was the first year I put up lights on, the, on our house, um, and they did really look nice, but it was a lot of work. Um, and, I, you know, I got the whole thing lit up. I'm not kidding you. Everything that was on – I was on the final strand. I plugged that bad boy in. And, but, I mean, it just, it just blew up all at once, and every light went out. And, I mean, I'd been <laughs> out there for hours, and I got to tell you, at that point, the Christmas spirit was very low. For me, and I, I mean, I was just like, this isn't worth it. I wanted to rip every light off the house. I almost pulled a Chevy Chase and like, you know, drop kicked the reindeer in the yard and all that kind of thing. Um, but it does look nice. But I'm gonna wait on the outdoor lights until we get home from Thanksgiving, um, and and hopefully it works out just as nicely as it did last year. But we did decorate. Um, my wife's real big on Thanksgiving needs to have its place and then Christmas can have its place. And I, I'm usually with that mostly because she does most of the decorating anyway with the Christmas stuff. Like I just haul the stuff out of the attic and say, here you go. Have at it. Um, and watch golden girls or whatever the crap you're watching. <laughs> yeah. Murder. She right. get it right. Well, I um,
2: have eight trees up right now. If they would have left my icy light cans from the eight Steeler games that were going on. You know, just build those trees and leave them up throughout the season. We'd have 16 trees by the end of this.
0: Yeah, nothing classier. Than 19. A You'd have 19 pyramid of, yeah. of empty beer cans. I mean, nothing <laughs> classier than that. Has might anybody well just get w- some shotgun shell lights to hang on them? So that's, that's right. Yeah. Yellow yeah.
2: cans already reflects light.
0: Has <laughs>
3: anybody watched a Christmas movie yet? No. 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 Okay, have so we watched The Grinch. <laughs> we <We've> watched <laughs> Christmas Vacation. Christmas with the cranks. Uh, now is this you, so is far. this
0: you making this choice or is that because like Jackson wants to watch it?
3: Yeah, that's Lindsay wanting to get Jackson into
0: Christmas cuz look, he's a Halloween
3: fiend. And I like Halloween, but I'm a Christmas guy, so I've been trying to sway him a little bit throughout the years, but he'll watch Halloween stuff, you know, any day of any month throughout the year and uh For me, Halloween's like a weekend-type deal. And, yeah, yeah, you know what? I decorate my yard and my house with lights. But I do it for my kids, and I do it for the neighborhood kids because they enjoy it. And I'll see people walking by the house. Oh, yeah, they drive me nuts. Like...
0: Yeah, I I'm sure Tiny Tim by. knocks on your door and says, Oh, thank you so no, for the No, Christmas but I nights. see people
3: walk by with their kids, and the kids stop and they're pointing at things and decorations that I have up. And, you know, it, it's fun. It, that's what it's a all service. about.
2: He's a it, service it, to his neighborhood. Yeah. It, hey, yeah.
3: I live in a neighborhood. It should be a community like that. I feel like more people should want to do those things because when I was a kid, I enjoyed seeing lights on houses. And I'm sure you guys have done this with your kids. You drive around, you look at lights and neighborhoods and things like that. So
0: I'm just, you know,
3: just helping out.
0: And this is a little known fact. One one of the Nick Cage movies that just just barely missed my list is a movie called The Weatherman. And, and, you know, Nick Cage spent two weeks with Sean learning how to be a family man and to decorate his house, to prepare for his role. In the Weatherman. So if you haven't seen that one, go ahead and check it out. It's one of the Nick Cage's finest. Sean yeah. worked closely. He actually, to he actually had a movie called. <laughs> he actually had a movie called Family Man. Family yes. Man. I think yes. no, but isn't The Weatherman where like he's the rich I weatherman? I think you're thinking does, about the Family and he, Man. And he, uh, and he skips Family yeah. Man. Okay, well there we go. The Family Man yeah. is the movie I meant. Those two weeks were hell. About.
3: That guy is yeah. a
0: dick. <laughs> well, yeah. Did he have the southern accent while he was trying to do it? I mean, oh,
3: yeah, the entire time. The entire so, time. Absolutely horrible. He didn't pick up after himself. He'd take dumps and not flush the toilet. He was just an absolute <laughs> bear
0: of a roommate. You leave Nick Cage alone. <laughs> well, we've got some great top fives coming your way through the holiday season. Of course, we're going to give you our top five Christmas movies. That's going to be a, an exciting episode. I think we'll probably do like top five Christmas songs. Sean uh, already talk prepping about for those. Yeah. I mean, I don't need to prep. I know it. He knows it already. He's got them tattooed on his arm. Um, We got, we're going to give you some, some top five Thanksgiving food that'll probably be on our next week's episode as we're rapidly approaching Thanksgiving. And, and Matt and Sean, the real question is here, are we going to get together and do a live recording since the three of us will be in the same place for the first time since we started this podcast is that going to be a possibility? And, and we can do Lance like we did a long time ago. We'll take a picture of Lance and put him <laughs> at the table. That way he can be represented and at least three of the four of us can be together and do a live show. We want to try to do something like that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I can get yeah. that worked out for us.
0: Yeah, that'd be great if we could, we could all get together and, and, you know, like I said, Lance, we'll represent you with a, with a, a portrait <clears throat> like we yeah, once did probably... in a family picture.
1: Yeah, I'd probably have to sit that one out because I don't think I'd be heard over the three of you together.
0: <laughs> we could do a live Thanksgiving recording of our uh, of our family at Thanksgiving, but you know, we'd have to All turn the mics yelling, down, turn the volume as down. As low as you could. Yeah, yeah, if you want to save. I don't your know ears. if my
2: production skills are that good. I don't know if I can <laughs> handle that. <laughs> it might
0: be tough. Might be tough. Well, it's been a great episode. That's going to wrap us up for this edition of the Yins and Y'all podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on whichever podcasting platform you prefer. We'd appreciate it if you would rate us and leave a comment. It helps others find the podcast, and it helps us to improve. Make sure you follow us on all the social media platforms. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. You can find us at all those things at Yen's and Y'all. And remember, whether you use Yen's, Y'all, or something else, there's always a place for you in our listening fan base. Peace.